I've noticed as we are in the grocery store shopping, a lot of people are picking up uh, products, you know, like cans of soup or just boxes of food, and really taking a look at uh, at the can or the box and looking at the label to find out what exactly is in their food. Many times, uh, I'm sure you've done this yourself, it depends on your mood, how you're feeling that day. You look at it and you think, I have no idea how to pronounce that. And you'll notice people put things down and walk away. Or maybe you've done it yourself. You've decided, nope, not today. I'm not going to buy this. I'm not putting this into my body. What about things that you're putting onto your body? Do we have enough information about the chemicals and uh, the ingredients in the things that we are putting into our skincare products? Maybe not so much. If you can't pronounce it, how are you going to know exactly uh, what it involves? I mean, clearly... We don't know enough about our the chemicals that we're putting onto our skin. That is why the Environmental Defense launched its new Toxic 10 Skincare Guide. They're releasing it today. And on the line is Tim Gray, Executive Director at Environmental Defense. Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. This is my first time uh, actually hearing about the Toxic 10 Skincare Guide. But uh, in your press release, it has the word new in front of it. So how many times have you done this? I think this is the the third or fourth rendition of it. Um, We update it every few years just with new information that's become available about the toxics that are in everyday skincare products um, so that people can avoid them. And also we hope that it motivates change within government and industry to remove these um, toxins from the products we use every day. Okay, I'm going to ask you to pronounce some of the toxins in the list, uh, but I'm going to be honest, uh, they're tongue twisters, so I'm not even going near them. (laughs) Yeah, some of them are pretty brutal. Um, A lot of the ones that are most complicated to to pronounce and say because they're complex organic chemicals uh, have short forms. So, And many people are more familiar with some of the short forms and, and would recognize them that way. Things like BPA, which you know we had successfully removed from uh, baby bottles about 10 years ago, but continues to be a problem in, in other materials. Um, things that are like perfluoral alkyl substances, which no one's going to remember perfluoral alkyl, but they get shortened to PFASs, and those are in things like Teflons, um, in uh, clothing that repels water, etc. So uh, a lot of these things have short forms that make them easier to understand, and, and that's really important. And we would really like to see these ingredients put on the labels of um, products that we're using every day to ensure that people have a chance to understand what they're buying. And in many, many cases, that's not the case. Yeah, you just mentioned that some of these products are put into our clothing. Um, is that why they're part of the Toxic 10 Skincare Guide, because they're close to our skin? Yeah, so they make contact with your skin and uh, end up on them and then being absorbed into your body that way. Uh, some of them are used both in um, cosmetics, but also in clothing. So PFASs, which I mentioned, they're also used in cosmetics that are meant to be waterproof. You've probably seen that advertised on things like um, uh, sunblock, you know, waterproof. You can put on your skin and go in the water. Well, that's because of a particular chemical that makes it waterproof. So it's both being applied directly to your skin, but also sometimes in your clothing. They're solving problems, obviously, these chemicals, but what kind of problems are they also creating for us? Yeah, I mean, that is uh, what's 
become increasingly clear is that many of these uh, chemicals are either directly toxic and that they uh, cause problems uh, as soon as they touch your skin or long-term contact at very, very low levels is doing things like disrupting the hormones in your body. So hormones are present in very, very small quantities within our bodies and tell our organs and our skin and our eyes and our development uh, trajectory for replacing cells uh, how to behave. So they have an impact at very, very low levels. And if you are putting chemicals on your skin that get into your body that mimic these chemicals, it can do things like disrupt your reproductive ability. Um, a lot of these chemicals are associated with the massive decline in male fertility, for example, or even redirect uh, cells to divide abnormally and cause cancer. So these um, we're, we're finding more and more about this. And we also know that there's disproportionate um, uh, risk to people based on the uh, where they're at in their life cycles. We call that like different vulnerabilities. So you can imagine that a pregnant woman who has a developing baby in her body is much more vulnerable to a chemical that mimics hormones than perhaps a, an older adult man might be, uh, just because of the difference in your life cycle. Or a child that's still growing rapidly would be much more sensitive to some of these things than others. So um, we're, we're learning more and more about these things all the time. I think a lot of us are under the impression uh, that things were harmful for us because, you know, you, you hear the news stories about things being harmful, like Teflon and things like that. But that, uh, you know, the government would not allow companies to keep, uh, you know, producing something that would be harmful for us. There must be some changes I, is is what I think the people like to lean on. You know, maybe it, we're trying to kid ourselves here so that we can continue to operate the way we always have. But haven't there been changes to make things safer for us to use on an everyday basis? You know, it's interesting is that government does assess chemicals that are on the market and the ones that are determined to be toxic, they take action. The, the challenge, uh, given the way that our regulatory system works, is that chemicals are introduced into the, into the world, they're put into products, and then they're tested um, and considered for their toxicity later. So you end up having this massive, massive backlog of chemicals that have been invented synthetic chemicals that don't exist in nature, introduced into products like skincare products that we're talking about today, and then used. And then after that time, they're, they're found out to be toxic, and then regulatory action has to be taken. And so it's just a massive backlog. Mm -hmm. um, and what we're looking for is to see the legislation change so that we don't have things like a chemical that's found to be toxic. It's banned. And then uh, a chemical that's very, very similar is introduced to replace it. And then we have to go through this very long process yet again to uh, prove that it's a problem and then have it removed. Uh, the onus on the producer needs to be much more that they can show that the chemical is safe before they start using it. And then we have problems and have to prove that it has to be removed. This, uh, what you're talking about right now, reminds me of a story that I just uh, was talking about on the show. It's a class action lawsuit Delta Airlines uh, flight attendants have launched, and it's against Land's End because they uh, revamped the outfits and because of the materials that are used in uh, in the garment for fire retardation and, um, and wrinkle-proof ability. They're finding there's hair loss. Uh, and other complications that people are dealing with be because of this. And the companies, you know, had many complaints over, over the last uh, little while, and they've launched a, a class action lawsuit. How many more of these do you think we're going to see as we get a little bit more educated? 
I think you're going to see a lot more of it because the the public is broadly unaware that uh, these new chemicals, whether they be chemicals in, in products like we're talking about today or things like pesticides, are actually introduced uh, before they're proven to be safe. Uh, you know, the, the discussion about whether safety occurs after they're being used. And we've seen that with other things like talc, which, you know, for generations, people were told that it was safe. And then we found out that it's highly contaminated with asbestos and is causing cervical cancer in women who use it. So um, we I believe really that Johnson and Johnson are just uh, they're going to appeal that lawsuit, by the way, they're because they have other um, and, and this is they have other studies uh, that are pointing to the contrary now. Yeah, and you'll see that with any big uh, chemical company that finds itself in a situation where its products have been determined to be, you know, toxic or causing problems, is that they will use the, the you know, all legal avenues they can both to defend themselves but also to uh, continue to sell the product. But I think we always have to go back to the, the science on this and science that is done by uh, independent people working at universities or through regulators and government, uh, trusting the information coming from the company that's making a profit selling a, a product that's been shown to be toxic is, uh, you know, is, is not the best approach, I think, for getting credible information. We're speaking with Tim Gray, who's executive director at the Environmental Defense, who have just uh, released their new toxic, toxic 10 skincare guide to help Canadians make safer and more informed choices when shopping for cosmetics and personal care items. But these chemicals are all around us. There's no doubt about it. We've got nonstick cookware. We have stain-resistant carpets. We've got uh, flame-retardant um, couches. There's, you know, clothing for out- outdoor clothing. Uh, the, it's We are constantly surrounded by um, so many products that are filled with these chemicals. What are you hoping this list will do? Because I, I think we're all so incredibly busy. Do, are you hoping that we'll start to look at our labels on the things that we buy, um, you know, more diligently like we do on the things that we are buying at the grocery store? Yes, we we, we produce this list so people that uh, do feel that they have the time and the interest um, will actually look for these ingredients in the, in the things that they're purchasing. We also do it because um, we very much want to see government action to require more labeling and disclosure uh, on products so people can make better decisions. And we also would like to see uh, legislative reform occur that will ensure that some of these things aren't in the marketplace. And this is a really important year for that because the uh, newly elected federal government has committed to introducing new legislation to update the Canadian Environmental Protection Act, which governs all of these chemicals, uh, and to do that in this mandate. So it's a really important time for the public to become more involved and aware around these issues and to support uh, an updating of the act to make it more in line with uh, best practices in the U.S. and and in the European Union. I really appreciate your time today, Tim. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot. If people want to look at the top 10, uh, where can they go? They can go to our website and have a look there under our toxics program, and you'll find it there. Okay, it's environmentaldefense.ca? .ca. Perfect. Thanks so much, Tim. Thank you. Bye-bye.